is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. If you still draft quarterbacks in round one, we're here to help. Welcome to another off-season Friday edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. We're doing a lot on today's show. Dave is so obsessed with fantasy football that he just drafts with himself. He does one-man drafts, and he's going to talk about... with myself. Exactly. You know, I was going to go that route, but I thought you guys would just shun me for it. I got nothing to do, so I kick off my shoes and go draft it with myself. We need sweat. more Dave Richard singing. Let's just replace all a future Azer singing with Dave singing. I owe you a rap. Still. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm you not do. one to say, Dave, when are you gonna do the rap? But Dave That's Jamie. When are you gonna do the rap? Tell me what I'm rapping. I have to prepare. Oh, we didn't determine studio. that. Yet? Make sure my levels are good. Your levels will be fine. I'll take care of that. So anyway, uh, we welcome you to the show. We want you to email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, not E-Y-E. CBSI as in cbsinteractive.com. Send us an email. We're going to read a lot of them today. we got some voicemails for you. We're working on the audio quality. We might have a solution. We'll uh, We'll keep you updated on that. Um, but we're going to do something charitable today. That should be nice. I've got some combos to give you guys, but they are teammate combos with uh, Twitter polls attached. Mm. And Dave's going to talk about that one-man draft. And it's we're calling it a smorgasbord today. It's the fantasy football smorgasbord, a little bit of everything. And we like smorgasbords. So this should be a good show. Here's our email of the day from Craig in Newfoundland, Canada. Who could be a deep sleeper in 2018 at running back. Not including rookies? I mean, not including like Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Well, he's not going to be a sleeper. Right. Uh, you watch. He'll be a top 25 pick. Oh, I, he might be a top 12 pick. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, unless he goes to the Giants. <laughs> Don't want to draft any Giants. Uh, he he well, might. If, he if might. we're doing it based on who's available now without looking at the rookies – uh, I'll start with the running back who's going to play next Sunday in the Super Bowl, Corey Clement. I think he's carving out a role for himself in Philadelphia. Um, I will say Matt Breida. <clears throat> I will say – What about Joe Williams? Let's just go – Our like, guy. Deep, deep, deep. Like I'm in a keeper league or – a, and maybe this guy's just available now because everybody's so sick of him not playing football. Todd Gurley? No. No. Deep, deep, deep. Kenneth Dixon. Yeah. Mm. Ravens are still talking like they like him. The Ravens, I've been going through trying to prepare for our rankings release mm-hmm. and just going through each team and seeing who they are definitely going to have on their roster. Um, Alex Collins is going to probably be on the roster still, but they don't have very many skill position players. They've got like one receiver, no tight ends. They got Max Williams, but whatever. Kenneth Dixon. Okay. I do not believe that Alex Collins got a ringing endorsement. No. From John Harbaugh when the season ended. Hmm. Which it, it's just so strange. That is weird. Stupid because he's good. Yeah. You oh, watch he's him. really he good. The eyeball test. He's Irish dancer. How about I got Aaron Jones? Uh, I don't okay. know how, how deep of a sleeper that'd be, but I don't. I don't see any evidence that Jamal Williams is better than Aaron Jones. I'm not sure why they didn't go back to Aaron Jones when he got healthy, but. He had four straight games with 13 to 19 carries before his injury, and he scored 
10, 18, 4 against Minnesota, and 19 fantasy points in standard scoring league. So three really three good games, two huge games. And I don't know. I thought he looked like a pretty good player. I think he's the best pure running back that's currently on the Packers. I don't know what this. I, I, he's a shallower sleeper than the ones you guys gave, but I think Aaron Jones. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. You don't think so? Yeah, it's that's going to be a three-headed ugly monster coming in. Maybe. The I don't know, man. I think they should just turn it over to Aaron Jones. Maybe. Listen, they've got 880 thousand tied up in Ty Montgomery. They've got less than that tied up in Jones and in Jamal Williams. All it takes is for them to fall in love with one running back in this draft, and then all three are going to be wiped out. Well, bench guys. Yeah, you know, when I'm looking at this question, who's a deep sleeper? I'm looking at teams that are going to improve a lot offensively, or just be really good offensively, like the Packers. I don't know how much sense it makes to pick a deep sleeper running back on a bad offensive team because they usually don't do that well unless they catch passes. Uh, but so that that was kind of my approach to it, and I could see you know, like, eh, forget it, never mind. I'm not even going to go down that. That whole <laughs> say it. Oh, oh, I was gonna say no. Another guy I'm gonna say is Austin Eckler. He was really I don't know what his yeah. how he could do He's it, okay. but he'd need the opportunity. But he played really well as a rookie last year. So okay, there we go. All right, you ready He's for a top 150 player? You ready for our voicemail of the day? Yeah. VM of the day. Yes. And now I'm going to apologize. The audio quality is not great, but the content is so good. You have to listen to this voicemail of the day. Here we go. Kenwick, Washington. Hey, guys. Really love your show. Really love what you guys do. Thank you so much for helping me with my fantasy football league this year. I also want to say the, the, what the fantasy owner did with uh, Tom Gurley, donating a potion to his ways to uh, his uh, charity. It's an awesome trend, I think, we need to set. You know, we need to expand that to you analysts. Uh, Adam and guys, I won a fantasy football championship this year. Basically, we could offer you guys advice. So I would like to know what your all charities is, and I'm going to be... Uh, well, there you go. Oh, well, that's why he played. <laughs> oh. for, for that, he's incorrect about the Christmas movie part, but the, the charity idea has been uh, a great idea that really just kind of went I, I, I'm going to say public this year. It was Michael Gelkin. It was Matthew Barry. Those guys really did a good job of promoting the idea of donating to a player's charity. I've been doing it for years. Whenever I win a championship, I pick a player that helped me do it. And I, I don't make a big stink about it. I don't reach out to the player. I, I, I did not know it. that. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Well, I don't really tell people. How about so. that? Well, because who cares? But it's nice that uh that he wants to donate to, to charities for us. I okay. That's so cool. And uh Okay. Yeah, we talked about it off the air, Meyer, and I think the best thing to do is send us an email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Make sure in the subject line that it's clear that it's you, um, and we'll respond to you, and we'll figure out the charity that uh, you can donate to on our behalf. And thank you, Meyer. That is a really, really nice gesture, and we but very much appreciate it. If, if I may suggest another gesture, tell your friends who you know play fantasy football but aren't in your leagues about us. Tell oh, them about nice. the podcast. Tell them about our analysis. We don't mind having new listeners, and you shouldn't mind if they're not in your league. So 
you didn't just tell him not to donate to charity. But no, he can do both. Us- you can do both. Both. Okay. Telling your <laughs> friends, <laughs> telling your friends about us is doesn't cost any money. Really doesn't take much effort. Yeah, and we are the you'll, charity. You'll feel good because you're helping your friends. I, out. It sounded like you said, "How about this instead?" Okay, fine. Listen, there are going to be some people out there who who like the idea of not giving money to charity. I wanted to give them an alternative. Mm-hmm. Meyer will us. do his thing. A, Others might copy Meyer. Some people might not want to give. There's some a people, lot of people donating to charities out there. What we really need yeah. are more people. Keith, you're totally podcast. missing the boat here. I want people to know that there is an alternative because some, maybe some people can't afford to give money to charity. Maybe some people are a little hard pressed to, you know, I I've got to pay for college for two kids in a few years. No. Oh. Well, then donate to Dave. <laughs> no, no, no. That's where no. this is all leading. I just, yeah. no, absolutely not. No, no, I'm uh, just KFC kidding. No, Dave, I, 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 I agree with no. what you're saying. All right. Uh, hey, we got some other podcasts. I'm telling you that I donate to charity every year yes. when I went to championship. Very nice of you. Now, we got some other podcasts you can listen to. Pick Six Podcast is awesome. Leading up to the Super Bowl, you're going to want to listen to that. They'll be at the Super Bowl. Uh, doing some shows there, probably grabbing some great guests. That's the Pick Six podcast. We have the Daily, uh, the Sportsline Daily Fantasy, uh, or it's called da- Sportsline DFS. There we go, Sportsline DFS podcast, which of course talks about uh, NBA right now. We'll get into MLB. We'll uh, probably talk about the Super Bowl because you can do like those DraftKings contests. That'll be next week. But Sportsline DFS podcast. If you want a listing of all of our shows, including a, uh, one of the best college basketball podcasts out there. The Ion College Basketball Podcast. You go to cbsports.com slash podcast. There are some subscription options there. If those options don't do it for you, you can always search on whatever app you are using or Google Play or whatever. Uh, cbsports.com slash podcast. All right, so we've done combos before. Would you want this combination or that combination? But it's a slightly different twist. Teammate combos. And I did half PPR because that is the best format. And in fact, I'm tired of answering standard versus PPR. I think if I were in charge of fantasy football for everyone out there and, and on every site, everywhere playing, every league would be half PPR. It would just simplify things. But uh, I'm not. Not yet. So That's wh- right. You're not a tyrant or a dictator. I would be, though. And I'd be a really good one, you know, because I think people would be resisted at first, but then they'd come around and they'd be like, I you know, know, he's right. He's right. I- I don't think there's such a thing as a good dictator. Well, and I've seen be. like you're a pretty mediocre commissioner, and dictators <laughs> a lot more responsibility. So that's true. I would be much more dedicated to a, to a dictatorship than commissionership. But all right, here's your teammate combos. I got four of them. I put Twitter polls out for all of them. Some were close. Um, one one was not. So first question. So here are the four combos. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Well, let's do it one by one. That's better. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Or Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Who would you rather have, the Patriots combo of Brady and Gronk or the Packers, Rodgers and Devontae Adams? And this would be for 2018, obviously. I think I'm going to have to still go with Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, the the Patriots combo is the cheddar cr- cracker combo. It's exceptionally good. You should be able to count on it. It's been great for a long, long time. But Devontae Adams sure looks like a number one wide receiver. Jordy Nelson is looking like he's out of the way. I mean, he's going to be there, but he's not going to Maybe. do anything. I mean, this could be the jalapeno cheddar tortilla combos, which are just phenomenal. I, I love both That's of these disgusting. combos, but I, I know 
that the Brady Gronk combo has the most upside. A, because we've seen these guys finish number one at their positions before. B, because Gronkowski is a difference maker in fantasy football. There is obvious risk with both guys going into next year. Brady's going to be 41 years old. Gronk could fall apart and miss six games, eight games, 15 games. We, he just didn't do it this year. And for most of the season, he was dominant. I would take that chance again with those two hooking up for a bunch of yards and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'd go Brady and Gronk. Heath would go Rodgers and Devontae Adams. The Twitter followers uh, want the Rodgers-Adams combo 54%, so it's pretty close, but the Packers combo won with 54% of the vote. Probably comes down to how much better you think Rodgers is going to be than Brady, if you think he's going to be better. He he was on pace to have a significantly better season than Brady, but, you know, it's a little unfair. He only played basically five games, and Brady was awesome until week 13, and then he had five disappointing games in a row. So I don't know what the pace was, you know, if you just go through week 12. Uh, but, yeah, do you do you think Rodgers would be significantly better than Brady next year? I will rank Rodgers ahead of Brady next year. I will, too. Okay. So, yes, I think he'll be better. I, maybe – 20 fantasy points better, a okay. point of a game. All right, then. Let's go to our next combo. You want the Seahawks or the Eagles? Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin or Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz? Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin or Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz? And this was the most lopsided Twitter poll. Uh, who do you think the people wanted, Wilson and Baldwin or Wentz and Ertz? I think people wanted the Seahawks. I think people wanted Wentz and Ertz. 70% wanted Wentz and Ertz. I yeah, voted. that's where I'm going. I'm going with Russell Wilson. Oh, I. This is kind of weird. Well, I don't. I don't know that it's weird. I just don't. I've said all season long that I didn't think what Carson Wentz was doing was sustainable. I said before he got hurt that he he was going to be my this year's Matt Ryan. And so, like, when I look at what my expectations are for the quarterbacks in fantasy football next year, there's a ton of them. And I might rank Wentz a little higher than this just because a couple of the guys that I expect more from maybe aren't quite as safe. But right now, I expect him to be 12th next year in fantasy points. 12th, wow. And I expect Wilson to be third. That's just too big of a difference. If that is the case, then yeah, then I totally get that. 12th, 12th is going to be lower than, I'm going to guess, every analyst. Like, you're going to be the low guy on him. You're one of I the, expect to. the industry, yeah. yeah. My, on my, Earth, yeah. on Wentz, I'm, that is. And, and Dave, that. why would you take the Eagles combo of Wentz and Ertz over Wilson and Baldwin? Well, a tight end scarcity certainly plays a role. Uh, my belief that Russell Wilson won't finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy, again, plays a role. I think Seattle's going to do something to solve their run game and make it a little easier on Russell Wilson. And he'll still have some blow-up games, but Wentz will too. And Baldwin, to me, has has never – he was consistent for half a year one time. And every other year, it's been 15, 6, 8, 12, 5, 7, 14, right. 9, 3. And yeah. I want someone who's going to be a little more consistent. We know that Ertz was that last year. All right, next combo. Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara or Jared Goff and Todd Gurley? Brees and Kamara or Goff and Gurley? I, this was an interesting one. Who do you think the people went with, the uh, the Saints or the Rams? 
Hopefully they went with the Rams. I would guess they went with the Rams. They went with the Saints, 55% to 45%. They went with Breeze and Kamara over Goff and Gurley, which is even more strange when you consider that Goff actually scored more fantasy points than Drew Breeze in 2017, and obviously Gurley was a lot better than Kamara. Now it's half PPR, but Kamara only had 17 more catches than Todd Gurley. Yeah, even if this was full PPR, I would expect Todd Gurley to outscore Alvin Kamara next year. Um, in half PPR, I think he probably outscores him by something like 25 fantasy points. And I do expect Breeze and Goff to basically be a push next year. Oh, you wow. do? Okay. I'm taking the girly side for Gurley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff might end up being – I don't think they'll be a push. You're definitely not going to draft Goff where you draft Breeze. Who do you think will be better next year? I'm drafting Breeze significantly ahead of Goff. It doesn't mean that that's – you know, a great draft strategy. I'm saying I'm probably not drafting Breeze, um, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Because Goff, I don't blame you. Golf, I, I think, will be available. Golf will probably be available in the tenth round. It, uh, later. It's there. There's no Dave, craziness going I'll, on with quarterback. I'll tell you why he won't be. Because <laughs> Heath and I did the uh, it's the Week 17 radio show. For CBS People Sports. People were taking radio. him in the first round. Yeah, somebody called and took him in the first round. One so, person. No, Dude. I'm just saying there's there's going to be somebody in every draft that's willing to take Jared Goff in like the sixth round or something like that. He I, might end up being one of the best, maybe the best value pick in fantasy. I would I say his, so. his I, actually right now he looks like the biggest bust because his current 2018 CBS ADP is first round. <laughs> no, I'm just saying <laughs> I, I think he's going to be a guy that that there will be one or two owners in every league that love Jared Goff and he will go a lot higher than we're willing to take him. Uh, that, that's my, I, I think that's golf and Wentz are really interesting as far as who's going to be better next year. That, that you've got to start just with the whole quarterback philosophy, and there are just so many quarterbacks that are interesting that you'd want to start, and you've got to build some conviction about who you really like. Okay, well, we don't know who Goff's receivers are going to be next year. Well, we know that Robert, will be there. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup will be there. Pro- yeah. And, and, Is Sammy going to say? It sounds like they're going to try and use the franchise tag on him. Right, and unless neither GM just said they want to keep Sammy Watkins. More on that in a bit. So our last combo here is another Eagles one. Jay Ajayi and Alshon Jeffrey or Derrick Henry and Corey Davis. Jay Ajayi and Alshon Jeffrey or Derrick Henry and Corey Davis. I This to me feels like an easy one. Uh, but it was the closest one on Twitter. It was a 52% to 48%. Who do you think the Twitter people wanted? Jay Ajayi and Ashan Jeffrey or Derrick Henry and Corey Davis? Eagles. Eagles. Yep, they did. 52%. That's where I would go, too. What about you? I would, too. See, I think the Titans—I would. I do think the Titans have more upside. They are like the buffalo and blue cheese combos. <laughs> but the problem <laughs> is the, the blue cheese suck. tastes like vomit. Yes. And there's You've a chance that Corey Davis could vomit all over your fantasy football team. Have so, you had the salted caramel combos? No. Neither have I. Uh, Just wondering. I think Jeffrey, Ajay, and Henry are all third round picks right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, and Corey Davis is uh, several rounds behind. Right. So that's interesting because I wonder, I, I, it clearly depends on if DeMarco Murray's there or not. If DeMarco Murray's gone, I, I feel like Henry gets into the second round. If he's the only guy. Yeah. We, well, we, we know be. nothing, we know nothing about well, what their offensive scheme is going to be. They don't have one yet. Uh, he we don't be know the, what uh, Mike Vrabel's tendencies with the running backs are. He will be the only guy, but if they don't have DeMarco Murray there, they draft someone or whatever, Henry's going to be the primary guy, the workhorse. If is he going to work third downs? No. No, but does he have to to be and a, so, no, no, be a he second round pick? To, no. But I, I think that might be the best case scenario outside of 
Derrick Henry is a three-down running back a la Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell. Well, yeah, no, that's why he won't be a first-round pick. Uh, all right, cool. So that was fun. Teammate combos. I was also thinking of doing like a – if you had to take a running back combo, like by division, a quarterback-running back combo in the NFC East, who would it be? A, a quarterback-running back combo, you mm-hmm. said? Yeah. Would you go Dak and Zeke, or would you go Wentz yeah, and Ajayi? Yeah, I would go Dak and Zeke. Um, I'd probably go Wentz and Ajayi. Yeah, see, this could be fun. All right, I'm working on it. This is for next week. Uh, but for right now, hey, who wants to save 20 bucks next time you buy tickets? Raise your hand. I see a bunch of hands out there, probably. I think everybody wants to save 20 bucks. So use the SeatGeek app. Download it right now. SeatGeek, put it on your phone. I've got it on my phone. Buy tickets. Use the promo code FFT. That promo code again is FFT, and you'll get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And you'll actually be saving more money, though, because SeatGeek is the best way to find the best prices. It's quick. It's efficient. And instead of going on multiple ticket sites, just search for an event on SeatGeek, and the app or the website, if you go to SeatGeek.com, will do all of that work for you. I've used SeatGeek so many times. I've used it for mostly sports, Yankees games, Knicks games, etc. also concerts. And I make sure that all my friends use SeatGeek. I tell everybody about it. And I've actually done some price comparison myself, uh, look at, di- looked at different events on SeatGeek and other sites. And even without the, the $20 discount, even if you've already used it, SeatGeek is giving me the best prices when I look for tickets. So you've got to get on SeatGeek. Uh, every purchase is fully guaranteed. And use the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. Here are your news and notes on this smorgasbord. Josh McCown says he wants to return to the Jets next year. Did you know he was on pace to finish as the number 13 quarterback in fantasy? And that includes negative three fantasy points on 12 pass attempts when he got hurt at Denver in week 14. Without that, he would have been on pace to finish as the number nine quarterback in fantasy. I mean, what does that, what does that say about, like, what does that tell you that Josh McCown was on pace to be, at worst, the number 13 quarterback in fantasy. It tells me that he played lights-out football, and it wasn't the first time in his career he did that. I think the scheme was good. I think having a field stretcher like Robbie Anderson along with uh, – yeah, he he found help along the way from Jermaine Curse. It wasn't consistent, but Curse, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, the running backs did work for him. Listen, the Jets team was a lot better than anybody thought. There were some people that thought they wouldn't win a game. I thought they'd only win two or three games. They won five, but they were competitive. And I, I, I still see the Jets spending a big pick on a quarterback just so they've got a young guy there because it ain't Hackenberg and it ain't Petty. But maybe they re-sign McCown and they start the season with him and then they eventually turn it over to the rookie so that they are building toward a future, whereas this year it just looked like they were you know, playing out the string mm-hmm. when the season started. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like the, the Jets really knew all along that they had no shot at the playoffs. Despite McCown's play. Steven Jones, uh, in the Cowboys front office. I think he's their executive vice president. He's the son of the owner. He's the son of the owner. He said that Des Bryant's sideline behavior can be distracting and his chemistry with Dak Prescott is a work in progress. And Heath, we saw Des Bryant catch 69 passes for 838 yards and six touchdowns in 16 games. Career low, 12.1 yards per catch. And six targets per game in his final six games of the season. I mean, they just stopped throwing to him. Uh, your thoughts on Des Bryant and his lack of chemistry with I mean, Dak? 
we get more information and more owner slash executive opinion from the Cowboys than just about any other team. And some of that you have to take with a bit of a grain of, grain of salt, but I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying. And there have been times where, De- where Dez is throwing a little fit on the sideline and Dak looks at him like, just shut up. <laughs> and so I, I don't really feel like Dez has number one wide receiver production left in him and you're not talking about a fantasy number one wide receiver you're talking about whether or not he could be the number one receiver well, both. for the cowboys but the path to him doing that is to have one of those it's possible that he could still have a james jones type year he's still pretty good in the red zone mm-hmm. but i like right now my expectations for him right around 60 65 catches 900 yards seven touchdowns he's a he's a low-end number two receiver a number two receiver the, the problem that the cowboys face is if they want to move on from Dez, how do they replace him? Well, they can't because they don't even have a second good wide receiver on the team. Right. So they, they've got to, he's got to be a Cowboy. They leave Dak seriously shorthanded if they, if they get rid of Dez. That being said, they could save a lot of cap space if they cut him, especially if it's a post June 1st cut. Hmm. They would only lose four million of his sixteen and a half million dollar salary cap number. Well, what pick do they have? Dallas, uh, they, they should be in the market for some wide receivers without question. For sure. And, uh, let me. But that, see, the thing is, is that's the case whether they keep Dez or not. Yeah, oh yeah. They have Which makes me pick. lead to believe that they keep Dez. They have to. And they, they add another, and they add another. If they guy. get rid of Dez, they're not in the market for a receiver, they're in the market for a receiving core. Yeah. Okay, guys. So let's go through the rest of the notes pretty quickly here if we can. This one maybe requires a little more time. The Cardinals hired Steve Wilkes to be their head coach and Mike McCoy as offensive coordinator. And just reading the story on, on CBSSports.com today, uh, Mike McCoy as an offensive coordinator has basically had one good year and it was with Peyton Manning. He, yeah, and I, and then I went back and I looked at where his offense is ranked in scoring and every year as an offensive coordinator with the Broncos and as a head coach with the Chargers. And other than that year with Peyton Manning, it's it's pretty bad. He did have a, a ninth place finish in scoring with the Chargers, with Keenan Allen only playing one game in 2016, so that was good. But I mean, this guy doesn't really have a great track record outside of Peyton Manning coming into the Broncos and being Peyton Manning it makes a lot of guys look good. So, it, how worried are you right now about David Johnson? This team could be terrible next year. Yeah, it's a problem. Their offensive line needs a lot of work. They don't have a quarterback. And when I say they don't have a quarterback, they don't have one under contract. They've got nothing. <clears throat> Byron Leftwich is their quarterback's coach. He might need to suit up <laughs> for, for the season. Uh, and their wide receivers are huge question marks outside of Larry Fitzgerald, who's toward the end of his career, and I don't believe he's confirmed that he's playing. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. So there's a lot cooking. Yep. And now you're, you're putting Mike McCoy on top of it and charging him to put the puzzle pieces together when you know what is – History has been in that role. It is an uninspiring hire from Steve Wilkes. Is David Johnson still your number three running back or better? Or I guess, yeah. Well, top Uh, top four, top four. No, number four. 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 That's what I meant. I've got him at four and, uh, I'm not going to commit to him in that spot. I don't, yeah, I, I, the Cardinals, I assume, will acquire a quarterback. So they will have someone to, be play, weird if they to play quarterback on their team. I expect that the Cardinals will make improvements to their offensive line. As long as those two things happen, 
and they're reasonable, then he will be my number four running back. Okay. And Pat Shermer, like we said, could take Jarek McKinnon with him to the Giants, who could draft Saquon Barkley with the second overall pick. Uh, Le'Veon Bell says he and the Steelers are making progress on a long-term contract. Jarvis Landry says he and the Dolphins are making progress on a long-term contract. And as mentioned, Rams GM Les Snead says he wants to re-sign Sammy Watkins. Rob Gronkowski has a concussion. He's on the injury report. It is It bears watching. They can't win the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski, can they? Oh, they did it last year. Yep. Uh, but it would really change things. really would. Uh, it could. I guess it could. The XFL is coming back in 2020. And it sounds kind of cool. Sounds like, yeah, I wasn't into it the first time around. But sounds like. Uh, what well, sounds better this time? Well, that they're not going to make it gimmicky. That they're going to try to make it real football and not. You know, just promote the cheerleaders and and gimmicks. It's, it's what he said. He said he wants to make it more legit. Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I doubt I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got two years to decide. Yeah. I mean, but, but the key the key to the XFL being successful is week one when the XFL season starts. There need to be XFL fantasy football leagues. There Which they're going to do. XFL. They're embracing all that. Yeah, it needs to be on FanDuel and DraftKings. They're and they're embracing all of it. All of that. All of the above. Yeah, I, I can already guarantee it. And honestly, I think Tebow would be great for it. I know it was brought up. And well, he's not, a baseball. By 2020, now. he'll probably be the Mets starting right fielder. <laughs> uh, and but how about that? Vince McMahon said if you have like a, I don't know exactly what he said, but if you have like a criminal record or if you get a DUI, you can't be in the league. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, something. That's something. I think he would have encouraged players with criminal records to be in the XFL the first time. Right. I mean, it definitely has a different a different feel to it, a different tone. So Dave was drafting with his self. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And what did so, you uh, think? What did you think, Dave? Dave Idol. One of the one of the things I do when I set my rankings before a season is a mock draft. So I'll rank players by position, and then I'll have a draft. But during that process, I'll realize, ah, I like this player better. And I'll do about eight or nine rounds where I'm really trying to build a team uh, for each of the 12 draft slots. And then from there, it's pretty much uh, who I like better from all the sleeper picks out there. This is not going on the site, at least as of now it's not. Maybe if there's a big-time uh, groundswell for people to see it, then we'll put it up there. But it's basically just a, a first shot at doing my t- rankings, which will debut Super Bowl weekend. And I got to tell you, quarterback, like I said earlier, is going to be really interesting. There are so many interesting quarterbacks. And you've got to decide just where you stand on them and how early you're willing to take one. Not, I did not take one in my mock until round four. So if that sounds crazy to you, then... Uh, you're probably going to take a quarterback early, but then you're going to miss out on a lot of really good running backs until about the middle of round five. And then I would say around round seven, I hated doing what I was doing. I wanted to stop because there just weren't a lot of players left that I was excited about taking in round seven. Round seven? I thought it was more like round five. There were some in round six that I came around on. Okay. Did you include any rookies in this? Not one. Okay. Which is good because eventually the rookies will be included and that'll push out a lot of the players that are, are late round guys. But I, I, I definitely think we're back to the point where we were about a decade ago 
where there were enough running backs to go around. I think round one is going to be very heavy on running backs. I only have three receivers going in the first round. And I'll be honest, I, I think that I could eventually find myself putting as many as 11 running backs in the first round. I am terrified of how many running backs. I agree with what Dave's saying, that there are just a ton of running backs now. The problem is there might be, once we get through with the draft, like too, too many running backs. There's no such wait, thing. Wait, oh, there's, there certainly is. Too many running yes, backs? Yes, if there it's is. Like too much chocolate. There's yeah, no such thing. It absolutely is. There were too many running backs in several NFL backfields this season, which squashed the fantasy value of the best running backs. Huh. Well, I just wonder if the league is going to start becoming more of a running league than what we've seen. We could be exiting the, like, great pass era of NFL history, you know, we, we, could, we could be. be. I, I I would caution you to say that that's definitely going to be the case. No, I wouldn't. Because remember, Rogers missed half the year. Andrew Luck missed all of the year. Wentz missed three games. Other quarterback, Carson Palmer, missed a bunch of games. There were a lot of good quarterbacks on the sideline and a lot of bad quarterbacks on the field. I yeah, there there were, and maybe this draft. Brings us great quarterbacks, but that's not going to happen this year. You know, they're going to take their lumps. And I'm just seeing the way teams are once again drafting running backs in the first round, dropping, drafting running backs in the top 10. I'm talking about NFL draft here. I do wonder if, if the NFL is changing just a little bit. And actually, my thought on that was like, that just makes like Aaron Rodgers more exciting to me. And uh, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, because, you know, because Maybe passing numbers go down except for the truly elite guys. But, yeah, 11 running backs in the first round. I could see it. it last year was I don't a great year right for now. running backs. Right now I've, I've got nine. Okay, in so. In round two, I've got three running backs. So you have nine. So no Julio in the first round? Julio went 13. Okay. No Michael Thomas in the first round? Who, Michael Thomas went 15. And Can you name the receiver who went 14? Beckham. Odell Beckham. No, A.J. Green. A.J. Green. So did Odell Beckham go in the Odell first round? Odell in the first round. Okay. Yeah. Does it does it kind of seem to you that it doesn't really matter who goes in the first or second round? Like, the top 24 is kind of what really matters? Because you sort of – sometimes you script your first two picks. You know, especially the, especially like the last four picks of round one and the first four picks of round two. It doesn't matter what order they go in. Right? Like you're gonna end well, you've up you've gotta figure that out what order you want them. It does matter what order they go in because if you have the ninth pick or the eighth pick, when you're making that pick, you're trying to project who's going to be left. Yeah, that's true, but I, I feel like a lot of times we do a mock draft or something like that and we say, Oh, uh, you know, six running backs went in the first round and, and the receivers that usually go in the first round went early in the second round, but the overall top fifteen or sixteen players are, are basically the same. Maybe we get to a point in the middle of the second round where it gets uh it gets a little bit more different, but we fall into this we fall into this uh pattern where the first fifteen, sixteen picks are usually the same. I don't know what it would be this year. And the order doesn't really matter. It's gonna be the same group of running backs and wide receivers. Does that make any sense? Like it doesn't matter if Julio I, I, Jones goes tenth I, overall I or fifteenth overall. I don't overall. understand why you said that it doesn't matter. Because you're gonna get two of those players anyway. And they're Unless all basically 
back but, end of round two. But they're all basically back end of round one. They're no, all, they're all early in round one, back end of round two in a snake draft. Okay, I mean, if you're picking in the in the second half of round one, you're going to get two elite players. It doesn't matter the order they go in. That's that's totally up to the you know eye of the beholder. Totally up to the guy drafting or girl drafting. You want to go running back, receiver. You want to go running back, running back, wide receiver, running back. Right, doesn't so matter. Th- and you, theoretically, that option will be there for you. They're all in the same. The names tier. don't. The names don't matter there. But if you want to start your draft with two running backs, two receivers, one of each, yes, you will be able to do that. Who's, now, your, who's your tenth? Theoretically, pick? you could do that no matter what. Who's your tenth pick? Melvin Gordon. And AJ Green is fourteenth. Mm-hmm. That'd be the same team, right? No. 15, 15. Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas. So does it really matter if you take Michael Thomas first and Melvin Gordon second? You have to guess who's going to be there. You, yes. Well, if you take Michael Thomas first, you're not getting Melvin Gordon. That's, so that's why it matters. That's the thing. But but they could they could easily be the same. I mean, they're they're in the same tier, those guys. Right? Sure. Sure. All right, this I mean, is I've my... never really thought about tiers cross positionally. I think we should. I think I, we should. I think, yeah, I think that, uh, you've taken this to, like, this <laughs> place where I feel you like- You fried my noodle, man. Did you ever watch that 70s show? Of course. I feel like we're all sitting we're in a circle in the basement right now. Yeah. And you're like, man, like, where people go don't even matter. It man. doesn't, I mean, like, it doesn't it just, matter. Like, you're gonna get two guys either way. So does it matter if you take one in the first Listen, or another? I'm going to go second? crazy. If I'm in a 15 round draft, I'm going to get 15 guys no. either way. Uh, my point is, matter, like you're going to well, have guys on your team. My, <laughs> all right, so, sorry. My my point is, you should be able to get two players that you really like, no matter which order you take them in. Yes. Now, the one other thing <laughs> that, that I, clear. I learned, the one thing I learned about this exercise was, I like the teams that had three running backs. By the end of round five, better than the teams that didn't. Well, your name is also Dave Richard. Yes. Like, that's That's just kind of how I am. (laughs) But I, I I felt like there's a drop off at running backs once you get to round six. What's your middle name, Dave? We share that. Lewis. I I thought it was running backs. Oh man. No, I, I I was hoping there was a B somewhere in your name so we could say, well, you can't spell Dave Benjamin Lewis or Richard without RB, but you can't do that. So. But you can spell Dave Lewis Richard without RB. That's disappointing. Yeah, I know. I don't know what we're talking. I'm <laughs> I'm back at that '70s show basement. <laughs> okay, bad hosting by me today. So you are heavy on running backs, and you and I were talking. Well, yesterday. I'm heavy in general. I'm overweight, but yes, heavy on running backs, and I uh, I I had some I had a hard time finding where I was comfortable drafting Stefan Diggs. Adam Thielen, Devin Funchess. Um, there's a lot of wide receivers, the Lions wide receivers. A lot of guys who I just, I don't know if they've got that big time upside. And it's, we, we had it again for the second year in a row where the gap between the 12th or 13th best wide receiver and the 36th best wide receiver was really small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, I, it makes me want to, it kind of makes me want to start my team with three running backs and two wide receivers. I hope the two wide receivers I take, one of them breaks out and the other one's okay. And then I sprinkle in a couple of other wide receivers along the way because I feel like I can just find anybody from week two. I almost feel like I could stream my number two and or number three wide receivers. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Heath was jumping in there. I'll jump in and just say that you and I were talking yesterday, Dave, 
you thought there was a point in late round four to round five where you didn't really love the picks, but now you're finding a little bit later that you do like them. But what about taking a quarterback there? What about when you get to the point where you're not really That's usually what you do, right? Excited, when, right. When you get to a spot where you don't really love anybody that's left, you you go with the quarterback. How how far did Dez fall? I've got Dez as the first pick in round five, which again I lump him in with the Vikings guys, Lions guys, Funchess, uh, Allen Robinson, guys that I'm just I'm I I don't know what to make of them, and I'm not sure that I'm going to have them as a must start guy in my lineup week in and week out. Well, it doesn't really matter when you take them. You know, you're gonna get them at some point, right? Exactly. Like <laughs> that's the thing is Dave's saying take three running backs in the first five rounds, but like there will be three running backs after the first five rounds too. Right, but the running joking. backs that are left aren't. Are, are, you're talking about C.J. Anderson or Jerick McKinnon, Chris Thompson, right? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Someone's going to draft Frank Gore. Someone's going to draft Duke Johnson. Do you I, want those guys to be your third running back? I was making fun of myself earlier uh when I just said that, but I, I think you have to you have to see where all the running backs are going and you probably have to adjust accordingly. If you know, running backs fell this year because people went wide receiver heavy. People are going to yeah. go running back heavy now and you're going to be forced to draft running backs before you want to. And well, what what am I going to do, Adam? You'll are you are you going to be comfortable take, doing that? Yeah, yeah. I would guess I'm going to start a lot of drafts this year with like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, my first two picks. And then who would you try and target in round three? Who well, went? Who went late in round three? What running backs went, Dave? For me in late round three, Carlos Hyde, yeah. Kenyon Drake. Okay, that that could work. Jamal Williams again. I don't know Dion Lewis. But Heath, you better be taking at least one of those guys because if you go. You know, if you go four rounds without a running back, then you're going to be left in the cold. Yeah, I don't know. That, that may, may be true, but <laughs> where is uh, where is Joe Mixon going to go? I had him in round three. I would guess that running backs are going to go a little bit later in 12 people drafts than in Dave Richards. Yeah, drafts. maybe. Maybe. We shall um, see. But Which will make me happy when I sign in as somebody else. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave. And, and remember, uh, just we'll remember, there's a long time between now and when we do our drafts for real. Things are going to change. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's hear some voicemails. And I always forget the number, so let me look that up before I give it out. I think I know it. Nine five four six eight nine three one nine nine. Yeah. That's... Yeah. All right. Nine five four six eight nine three one nine nine. But uh, there might be an even better way to do this with better audio quality. Talk, talk to you about that next week, everybody. Right now, we'll do vo- voicemails and emails. Emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right, here we go. This is Travis from uh, a town west of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. My question is, what fantasy player will be will have most impact from a coaching change next year? Which individual player, regardless of position, have uh, the biggest fantasy impact, positive or negative, from a coach position, coaching position change? That's a good question. Who's running the ball in Oakland? I got, never mind. That was not an answer. Amari that, Cooper. He did not ask for a question. I'm giving you the answer. It's Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper is your Just answer. given John Gruden's track record with number one receivers, and, and I think Cooper will be that guy, I, I think he's going to end up – I'm not going to say he's going to be 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns, but I think he'll get back to where he was in his first two seasons. Six touchdowns, 1,000 yards. 
I think that that's safe now for him. And I will say the biggest change due to a coaching change. Mariota. Yeah, I was, I was thinking he was under consideration. So sure, Mariota. Okay. Although we don't, we still don't know who his offensive coordinator is going to be. Yeah, that's why I think that that's a weird call. It's but like it, we're just saying that anything would be better than what he had. It, also that they're going to hire an offensive coordinator based on his skill set. They're going to cater the hiring to Mariota. I got another one in the same division. Andrew Luck. Uh, assuming he's healthy and all that stuff, but with Josh McDaniels calling the shots, mm-hmm. I think that'll be really good for Andrew Luck. Possibly Christian McCaffrey. I, honestly, Eli Manning. I, Pat Shermer does great work yeah. with quarter. He does great work with quarterbacks. He does. How, how are his, his uh, turd polishing skills? Did you see uh, Case Keenum? Case Keenum just Sam made the championship game. I mean, he all all his career, he's Pat Shermer's done a great job with quarterbacks. All right, next uh, next voicemail, guys. Hey guys, this is Liam from San Rafael, California. Hey, I'm uh, thinking about doing uh, uh, an IR spot next year. I'm the commissioner, and I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts are on that. Uh, let me know. Good day, sir. I love it. All right, Liam wants to know about an IR spot next year. Is it, it a keeper league? Didn't say. In Dynasty and Keeper, I think you should have one. You should have more than one in a Dynasty Keeper League. In in seasonal fantasy, I don't have a problem with one IR spot now that players can come off the IR during a season. Each team, each NFL team can bring two players back from injured reserve. There's specific rules. There's a minimum of eight weeks from the time that they actually go on injured reserve until they can play in a game. So I, I think that that's fine. You could add one spot. In a regular redraft league like that, I, I think that's fine. Yeah, but but the guy's got to be on actual IR, right? Not like right. He he's can't out be four weeks with a with a knee injury for week three against the Broncos. What, what if he's out three weeks, four weeks? No, no IR spot. Okay. He's got to be on IR. Okay. Yes. All right. No name on this email, uh, Dave. I'll, I'll name. I'm going to name this person this before you play the call. Yeah. Well, who is he? This is Sven from. Pittsburgh. Okay, Sven from Pittsburgh. Hi, Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath. Question going into next year, half-point PPR. If you get to pick your draft position, are you looking to draft closer to the front or to the end of the draft? I'm probably going to get pick around four or five. Um, so just wondering, should I be looking to target the front of the draft possibly or the end of the draft to get two back-to-back players? Thanks for the answer, and talk to you all soon. I think he meant he gets to pick fourth or fifth, and everybody gets to pick where they draft. Uh, so what do you think, front or back of the draft, or middle? Where would you look to draft uh, next year? I I started my draft with six running backs. Here they are in order. Gurley, Zeke, Le'Veon, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Do I really think they're all the same and in the same tier and group? I don't know. I'm not sure. I might say three is the best spot now, but if I feel better about David Johnson's situation, Fournette's situation, if things don't change much for Kareem Hunt, then I'm, I might expand that to sixth, and then I'd be fine drafting sixth, getting the last great running back in round one, and then picking ahead of all those other teams in round two. We have no idea what ADP is going to be, and so it's 
impossible to answer this question, but my thought is if Dave's draft ADP, current ADP of Dave drafts, is the same as regular drafts, then I'm going to be choosing eight. So you get one of those wide receivers in round one. If, if I could get DeAndre Hopkins or Antonio Brown you can. at eight, I doubt it. I you really think, think they're going to go sooner. You think they'll go ahead of Kareem Hunt and Leonard 100. Fournette? I expect it'll be I don't. Zeke, Gurley, Bell, Antonio, and Hopkins will be the first five. I'd be stunned if those two go ahead of David Johnson. They should. And Fournette. They're, they're much safer, and they are the top of the class. Well, the, I'm not, they're the top of the wide receiver class for sure. But what I was going to say is, you know, I think uh, I think Sven said this was half PPR, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to standard versus PPR is going to really change things. Half PPR makes it a little bit more difficult to choose between, say, like a Fournette and an Antonio Brown. But I think in PPR, Brown's definitely going to go ahead of him. Yep, and and yep. Hopkins too. Uh, and and I, I think if you if you do that and you get Brown and Hopkins at five, six, seven, wherever wherever they're going, there's a chance you're going to get somebody like Kamara or Cook. In the second round. No, you're you, Cook maybe. Not in Dave Kamara, drafts. No way. Not in Dave drafts. No, not in any but, draft. He, it's Kamara not going to be, be ten running backs guy. in the first round. Uh, am, am I, I, I think there will be eight to nine. That's kind of what I was saying. That at the end of the first round, there there <laughs> will be either either really good running backs or the Julio Jones, AJ Green, Michael Thomas group being selected. And some drafts those those wide receivers will go in the second round. Some drafts that go in the first round, and that'll push the same group of running backs to the beginning of the second round. So that's all I'm saying, that the end of the first round, the beginning of the second round, is going to have the same, like, seven or eight guys, and the order uh, will vary. So here's my question for you, Dave, as we answer this question. Where do you want to draft? What position? Who went, like, toward the end of the second round, beginning of the third? Because my initial answer is I want either Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell next year, and I would probably pick second. But I, that would be my pick. But who who can I get if I have the second overall pick in a 12-team league? Who can I get with my second and third picks? I'll give you some names. Tyreek Hill might make it that far. Nee. LaShawn McCoy might make it that far. Uh. D- Derrick Henry, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Howard, Alshon mm. Jeffrey if you really want to stretch it. Ooh, and then there's sure. two guys at tight end. Oh yeah, Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey. Ooh man, I'm less excited now. I think those now. guys are perfect for those swing picks. At the end of round two, beginning of round three. I'm less excited now. I think I might want to go the Heath route and go later in the draft. Mm. All right. Well, we'll have to check it out. Thank you, Sven, for the phone call. A few more phone calls, then some emails. Hey, this is Big Dust in California. At the beginning of the year, Mike Evans, you know, scored that touchdown in week one right at the beginning of the game, and I figured he was in for this huge year, and I traded Todd Gurley for him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, week one, Gurley hadn't gone – off like he went off the rest of the year yet and uh the gist of it is if i would have not made that trade i would have won my league so uh fun fun stuff but uh anyway thanks so much for the podcast and uh for keeping it going in the off season here yes so i wanted to ask you guys the worst trade you made all year because he traded Mike Evans for – he traded Todd Gurley for Mike Evans. I traded Ezekiel Elliott in week two or three for Brandon Cooks, DeMarco Murray, and David Johnson. I think it was week two. And then for the week David after Johnson. that – Yeah. You didn't know how long he'd be out? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I expected him to be back later in the year. Okay. 
<clears throat> I, I was, and then I traded, I, I, I was freaking out over DeMarco Murray. So I panicked and I traded him for Christian McCaffrey. That was that so bad? In that what? worked out great. Oh, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Right. So I, I ended up trading Zeke for Cooks, McCaffrey and the chance of David Johnson coming back. I that traded, turned into an empty roster spot for my team. I traded Gurley on a Thursday. I traded Gurley, Martavis Bryant, and Gillisley. <clears throat> I'll just give the important players. I traded Gurley for Ty Montgomery and Jordy Nelson in a PPR league. And I did it on a Thursday. And the Packers played that night. And on that night, Ty Montgomery got hurt and never got his job back. So I traded Gurley for Montgomery and Jordy Nelson. Two weeks later, Aaron Rodgers got hurt and Jordy Nelson uh, stunk. So I ended up just giving Todd Gurley away for nothing. I traded Julio Jones and Tyrod Taylor in our two QB league for Amari Cooper, Deshaun Watson, who got hurt shortly after, and Joe Mixon, who got hurt shortly after. Mm. Injuries. I can tell you one of my best trades. Uh, real like quick. Sa- it saved me. It made, helped me get to the playoffs. I traded Terrell Pryor and Cameron Brait for Jarvis Landry in a PPR. Nice, but you will never have a trade better than the one I made, I believe in week two or three of the season. I traded Theo Riddick in a standard scoring league, Theo Riddick, for Carson Wentz. And didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> beautiful. Did not make the playoffs. And that was with a seasoned fantasy analyst, by the way, who I will not mention. But, uh, yeah. He, it wasn't me. No, it was a different company. All right, uh, a couple more voices. Well, look at you, la di da. Yeah, and I still miss the playoffs. Here's uh, here's Brett. Hey guys, way too early fantasy football keeper question. I only get to keep two. I got Zeke, I got David Johnson, and I got DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think? That's Brett from Milwaukee. David Johnson, Zeke, DeAndre Hopkins, keep two. I'm keeping the running backs. I'm keeping Zeke and Nuke. Okay. Did he say the format? I don't think he did. He did not, but to me it doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so everybody's keeping Zeke. You guys are both keeping Zeke, right? Yes. And Dave is staying with the first name and going with Dave Johnson. We Dave stick together. And Heath is taking the guy with the H in his name, Hopkins, for Heath. All right, last one. Hi, this is Brian from a town on the seacoast of New Hampshire. Yes, we actually do have a seacoast. My question is, 2018 will be the 30th anniversary of the original movie uh, for Die Hard. And my question is, how do you guys plan on celebrating, preferably around the holidays? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do a live podcast from Nakatomi Plaza. Sure. Or we could just watch the movie together or something. We uh, we should get as many actors from the movie to come out, any of them who play fantasy football, You know, sit down with one of the Johnsons from the FBI or, <laughs> uh, or uh, Dick Thornburg. Yeah, okay. One of the all-time best character names in movie history. You know, there was something – I watched the movie uh, about a month ago for the first time in a while. I never remember – I did not remember or even notice at the beginning of the movie when he first sees Holly, Ellis is like, show him the watch. Show him the watch we got you. And she's like all sheepish about it, remember? Yeah. And she doesn't want to show him. They got her a Rolex. Yeah. And that's what ends up – Ending the movie, he takes the watch off her wrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I never even, I never made that connection. It is, it is, it is a very well put together film. Yeah, and I, I had forgotten about the guy in the airplane that told him to do, uh, 
fists with your fists toes. With his feet, and that's why he didn't have his toes. And that's Shoes why he didn't on. Have yes. The whole it's time. an extremely well thought out movie. It's a great movie. And I've got, I mean, uh, listen, there are, there are movies with far more like class and character that are just as well thought out. But like for an action film that's supposed to be, you know, yeah. you know, a good time at the theater for two hours, there's a lot of great plot points. Yeah. Oh, it's terrific. It's, is it the best action movie ever? It's up there. I think it is. The best is Die Hard the best action movie ever. It's either it's either Terminator 2, Predator or Die Hard for me. I mean, I don't even know where to begin to think about that. Start thinking about it. I am. <laughs> All right, let me read some emails to finish the show. Let's do these quickly, guys. This is from Andy. Dear Core, Mantle and Crust. That's the earth. Yeah, it is. Can yeah, I've you got kids in elementary school. Give your early predictions for the Seattle backfield for 2018. I think Chris Carson will be there. I don't think he's guaranteed the starter because I don't think anybody in Seattle is guaranteed the start other than the established veterans. They're going to draft a guy. It'll be a third or a fourth round pick. They'll have an undrafted free agent. Rawls will be gone. Lacey will be gone. And the offensive line will be better. They'll make, they'll give one more shot to CJ Procise in that third down roll to see if he can stay healthy. They, I bet they don't. I bet, I bet it's over. Uh, all right. Okay, that satisfies that question. Al from Toronto. Hey, Matt's, Doug, Daryl, and Wendell. Those feel like maple leaves to me. Because of Matt's, Matt Sundin. Anyway, need to set my keepers before the Super Bowl. $200 auction keeper league, keep four. David Johnson for 20. So just throw back one. David Johnson for 20. Derek Henry for 32. Dalvin Cook for 42. Mike Williams for five and Deontay Foreman for five. $200 auction keeper. David Johnson for 20 is 100% yes. Derek Henry 32. Dalvin Cook 42. Mike Williams for five. Deontay Foreman for five. I'm thinking you can get Dalvin Cook back for less than 42. Throw him back and then buy him back. Is Mike Williams even worth keeping? Yeah, Not really, but if you those, have to keep four. You can't keep those three running backs for half of your budget. You have to get rid of one of the three yeah. expensive running backs. And so it's not cool. David Johnson. So yeah, I'd probably, I, the thing is, I might throw back Henry just because if I have $52 spent on Henry and Johnson, I'm not trying to buy back Cook. And right now I'd rather have Cook than Henry. Even at 42? 10 bucks more out of 200. Yeah. It's 5%. <sighs> Look, I love the idea of have, the worst case scenario is you start your season with David Johnson and Derrick Henry as your one and your two. And if you, if you do miss out on Dalvin Cook, you can always get somebody else who's not necessarily comparable, but cheaper. Well, yeah, you can't go get somebody comparable. You're spending, you can a, get four players. You're spending a fourth of your budget each. on those two running backs. You can I, get four good players at 10 each and have some quality depth. I don't want to spend that much on running back. Hmm. You need some receivers. Well, I think we've uh, seen a difference in philosophy between the two of you today. All right. This is from Andrew. Dear Alvin, Marcus, Marshawn, and Ryan. Oh, I know that. Saints. Yeah. Rookies, right? Yeah. Who's the Ryan? Ryan Ramchek, right? Oh, yeah, Ryan Ramchek. Yeah, sorry. Uh, have you guys changed your mind on keeping a quarterback due to Deshaun Watson's season? I feel like you've advocated in the past for waiting on quarterback. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on keeping one. It's kind of a weird question because you can keep him in the 16th. So in a PPR league, keep two for Andrew. David Johnson in the first, Cook in the third, Devontae Adams in the 12th, 
Juju in the 16th, Watson in the 16th. Oh, wow, and you can only keep two. I mean, he's got four amazing options. Adams is the easiest choice, in my opinion, at a 12th round. It's really hard to go away from that. Does this guy have to decide by the Super Bowl, too, did he say? No. I think I'd go DJ and Adams. Okay. Do you know where you pick in the draft? No. Can you, like, if you could guarantee me that you'll get either Johnson or Cook, then I'd keep Adams and Watson. Right. But if you can't do that, then I'll take Johnson and Adams. I would rather keep Juju than Watson. Ooh. That is it for today's show. That surprises me, by the way, Juju over Watson. But that is it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You got any plans this weekend, Adam Azer? I'm definitely not going to watch the Pro Bowl. I am going to the melting pot tonight. Oh, Pete Prisco would tell you that you're a moron for doing that. Oh, I go there every going year. Going to a restaurant to cook your own food. I uh, I took my wife to the melting pot, what, three years ago? And proposed later that night. So we go every year. Did on... you put the ring in the fondue? No, I later that night. I did not propose at the melting pot. I don't think I've ever been to the melting pot. That's very it's, nice. It's a great date place. Yeah, it is. Your clothes are going to smell a You have to bit cook your own food? Yes. So what they do is they, they sell you plates of raw food, and then you put it in the... It's fun. Pot in the middle. It's actually cooks fun. quickly. This is the craziest. The I've dinner ever. is the worst part of the melting. It pot. really is. It's <laughs> the, the cheese appetizer is fantastic, and the, and the dessert at the end is really—it's probably expensive. Rich. I'm assuming. No, it's for what it is. I don't think so, Dave. Do you think it's expensive? The... You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm out. <laughs> I am. I am going camping in Colorado. Well, that sounds Alone. campy. Alone. Alone. I've, I've rented, uh, one of those big yellow, what do they call them? I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, school with buses? The white water and the rivers. Oh, I'm rafts. Buy, I'm, I'm gonna be rafting with myself. <laughs> okay. Oh, rafting with myself. <laughs> Alright, goodbye everybody. That's I might it. die or drown if I go rafting with myself. Smorgasbord over. Bye.